So we have been uh, doing our research series. Who remembers the first one? What was the first, uh, first message that we did a little research on and we digged in, digged in about? Anybody? I don't really remember off the top of my head either. What do you got? Who remembers what last week was about? Huh? Genesis. The topic was creation. Last week we talked about creation. Um, man, i got to wake you guys up today. I can already sense it. Uh, so the week before that, well, the first one we had scriptures. We talked about the Bible, which we had a glitch in the system. So I'm going to have to preach that one again because it's not online. Uh, but we talked about the Bible, why it's important, why it's inerrant. We made our declarations about the Word of God being true in its 66 books. Then after the Word of God, we went to, after the scriptures, what was the second week? I think that was the first week. No, then it was creation. Scriptures, then creation, and then this is our third week, so that makes sense. Um, So this week, the topic is Satan and the fall. Satan and the fall. I hope that you're finding this helpful. I hope that maybe we're connecting some dots for you. Um, When you think about creation, uh, that's a a hot-button topic in our culture that believes that we evolved. And this week, um, I had the opportunity to sit down with, uh, with someone who I would say, I wouldn't say necessarily opposed, but pretty much opposed, um, and, and had some, spent some time with someone who was here last week, uh, and we really got to, to dive deeper and really talk about some of the questions and some of the issues surrounding his uh, belief in evolution and my belief in creation. And that's, that's the hope. The hope in this research series is that you go, wow, this is the, obviously the tip of an iceberg. Right? There's obviously so much more to this, um, and, and you take the, the study notes that I'm putting on Facebook, uh, and you dive deeper into these texts. You, you find me, seek me out, message me, uh, and say, what are some articles that, that I can read that will deepen my understanding of this topic? Um, we're going to have to as a church. This is an oxymoron. We're going to have to evolve in that area as a church, or we will die. See what I did there? Uh, we have to, because people have questions, and it's all about content, 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 right? I'll say the world. That's such a blanket term. But unbelievers, and we're going to learn today that it's the devil, the devil is a driving force, and he is after your children. He's after your marriage. He's after everything that you have, everything that you know of that's good. He wants to steal it and replace it with bad. That's his whole goal. So if we're not putting out content, if we're not sharing on Facebook, if we're not studying, if you're not in your Bible 30 minutes a day, then you're dead in the water, unfortunately. If you're not putting the time in to really uh, stand firmly on the foundation that Jesus has laid. I mean, there's no shortage of content on Jesus' side, yes or no? I mean, he's got, he's got a full Bible. He's, he's, he's given you the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of the whole entire story, and said, here you go. Now just go study it. There's no shortage of content. And then he says, uh, just in case you get lost in translation there, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you me, uh, just as good, if not better than me, the Holy Spirit of God is going to come and live inside of you while you are living on this earth. To overcome the evil one. So that you can connect with something greater than you. Because that greater than you is living in you. Son, right? 
So it is our responsibility to put the work in. And according to our Bethlehem creed, when you come to this church, you're signing up to put the work in. You're signing up to do this life with Jesus and to do it in such a way that is going to make you a better person. Make you into the someone that you need to be for him. Make you into the light, right? That you need to be in this dark place, okay? So that's the design of this series. I hope that you're seeing that it is the tip of the iceberg, and it's up to you to take it beyond. It's the other 100, and I think it's 167 hours, right? Service, uh, we're one hour a week here. I think there's another 167 hours in the week. If, you're, if your spirituality happens one hour a week, what are you doing with the other 167, how many other hours in the week are you spending on God? Well, I checked in, bro. You got one hour. Hit me. And, and you're like, yeah, right. It's an hour and a half, bro. <laughs> okay, just help me with my illustration, all right? <laughs> That's the point. You got another 167 that you have to be doing things in order to be engaged. Does that make sense? It's not going to happen in, in one hour a week. It's going to happen when you let the Spirit of God take over the other 167 hours. Uh, so this research series is just to wet your whistle to get you to understand that it's time to study. Here's the declarations. The, the, the style of this series, uh, very stylistic, topical, is I'm giving you my why, right? My declaration, this is what we believe. I'm giving you how that works mechanically from Scripture, and then I'm giving you the what or the application. You're always going to leave with an application, hey Camillo, being able to apply today's message to your life Um, but I I do want to make a declaration because we talked about it last week. The the whole idea of evolution, the whole idea of people not believing in creation, it started with people not believing in absolutes. It started with people not believing that truth exists and it is truth and truth does not change. You see, the devil first, he is the father of all lies. He perverts and twists. So if he can pervert and twist what was a concrete foundation and, and... produce some cracks in your faith, then modern philosophy can sweep in, right? Modern ideologies can come in, take residence, and have you all confused uh, from, from here to next Sunday, right? So the idea is we're making declarations. I'm telling you this is definitively what I believe on this topic. I definitively believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. I definitively believe that the world was created in six days, and we live in a young earth. I don't believe in an old earth, Right? I gave you some substance for that. It's up to you to do the research on the rest. What do I believe this week? I'm taking two topics, merging them into one for obvious reasons, and you'll see. But that means you have to listen because I'm going to talk fast. Listen fast, and I'll talk fast. Uh, The personality of Satan and the fallen nature of man. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, get in on this. Take my words and, and just plant them into their souls, into their hearts. Help it to be the eternal word that lasts and not just another message, not just another thought, thing that is uh, concrete and substantive that begins a study as they follow you this week. In your son's name, amen. The personality of Satan. Why Satan? What do I believe about the devil? Here's my declaration. We believe that Satan is a fallen angel, the author of sin, and the cause of the fall of man. Once again, I'm making declarations you're going to have to go do the research, but, but the whole first part of this message is going to be facts. They're going to hit you. If, if, if you know, these are going to be on the Facebook group, so you don't have to write them down. If you want to write them down, you can, because I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. We believe that Satan is a fallen angel, the author of sin, the cause of the fall of man, that he is the open and declared enemy of God and man, and that he shall be eternally punished in the lake of fire. 
So you can kind of get the idea of why hell was created. Hell was created for who? Satan. And that'll be another week. I won't go into that anymore. But the idea is, my declaration is, I believe in an angel that fell, and he is the author of sin. So when we get into fall, we talk about sin. Who authors the sin? Help me, church. That's right. Turn to your neighbor and say, Satan. Say it just like that. That's right. Good job. Uh, it's Satan. Satan is the... <laughs> you like that one, didn't you? Yeah. It's Satan. He's the author of sin. Watch this. Here's what I believe about the fallen nature of men. We believe that man was created in the image and likeness of God. We talked that last week, right? And then everybody shared that video where I said, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. I'm a beautiful butterfly. Oh, yes, you are. Right? I believe that. Uh, we believe that man, I'm just trying to get you, get you engaged here this morning. We believe that was created in the image of God, but that in Adam's sin, this is key, but that in Adam's sin, human race inherited a sinful nature and became alienated from and that all men since watched by birth and by choice. And of themselves, utterly unable to remedy their lost condition. That's some deep stuff. Some deep stuff. What does this mean? It means that sin authored sin. Man carries sin. Sin authored, hence my Facebook post last night. Sin authored sin. Now sin is our problem. We are fallen. We are unable, completely inept to save and resurrect ourselves because we are carrying a deadly disease. I believe in, in word pictures. I believe in illustrations to understand. And, and you have to, to take it. What was that, what was that movie, uh, Will Smith? Maybe was, I, mean, I shouldn't bring it up right now. It just came in my mind with the zombies or something. Huh? Movie, right? The idea, oh, the saddest part I just remembered is dog. You remember that? Oh, man, that was horrible. This just ruined me right here. Just thinking about that movie. That was terrible. Uh, I've always said German Shepherd, so it hits me. hits me right in, right in the numbers. Uh, but anyway, here's the point. When, squirrel. <laughs> when you're infected with that disease, that's the point. You've got to stay away from them, right? And the zombies are coming. In. And how do they, like on all the video games, all they're doing is tickling you and you're dying. You know, you ever see that? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> all they're doing is tickling and it's like limbs are falling off you know i love those games but anyway jimmy you tell me about it you, you, you all the zombies are running around tickling people right because once you're infected with that disease what happens you turn right it comes from the inside out and now you're infected and unless you have the vaccine let, let's just pretend that it's this incurable disease and then one day, one day there was a cure discovered. The cure had been available so many years. And the Bible is the story of that redemptive history. The Bible is the story of an absolutely incurable disease. And I'm going to say it's the, it's the greatest love story of all time, Adam and Eve in the Bible. Because we know from 1 Timothy that Adam was not deceived. The devil was the author of sin, a fallen angel, I'm completely getting ahead of myself, but from that point on, when he deceived woman, she fell into sin. Adam, watch this, made a choice. Adam didn't see the fruit good for food. Adam wasn't thinking about the apple pie being baked in the oven. Know what I'm saying? Adam now was looking at life and death for his wife. He's now looking at this relationship that was once perfect, that was once whole, that was a part of God's relationship, hence why I believe the devil severed it, because man was not a created creature that had one job, one purpose. Man was a created creature in the image of God who had a relationship with God. 
The angels were created with specific purpose in mind. The devil, one of the archangels, had specific jobs and responsibilities. There's a lot of conjecture around what Lucifer's job was in heaven. But beyond that, he saw that man had a different relationship with God. And he didn't like it. Bottom line, he just didn't like it. That pride took over. We'll get into that a little bit more. But the point, I want you to see right now that, that Adam chose... We believe that the fallen nature of man in this church came by way of a choice. Eve was deceived. So therefore, watch this. I love this. This gives me goosebumps. The choice to sin was not a choice out of a desire to sin, but was a choice to save someone he loved. Ooh. I don't, I don't, believe, that, I don't believe that message is preached enough. I've preached it before, but Adam saw his wife now in sin. She knew she was deceived. She had been duped, and Adam looked at it and went, all right, I could drive her from the room. She could be put out, and she'll die. And don't you think he had another rib in there? All right, God, let's just go on the other side. Let's try this again, and I'll keep a little closer eye on my wife next time. You know what I mean? (laughs) We got another rib to give. But do you understand, now, now all of you should understand sin a little bit more. It's not just the idea that someone fell into temptation. Adam chose to sin. And he literally chose his relationship with his wife, knowing that he would damn the entire human race. Romans 5.12 Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world. Not by Eve. He had the choice. He could have put her away. He could have sent her packing. He could have created another one. God bless you. But that shows the intrinsic value of relationship. That shows the intrinsic unity. That shows, here it is, the intrinsic value of love. That's how we were made. That's how we were created. God knew. He was the Lamb of God slain before the foundations of the world because He knew if He made a man in His image that that man, if his wife fell into sin, would choose to die for her. So Jesus said, whoa, 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 back that track up. I've got this. I'll be the second Adam from above to reinstate man in my love. Right? That's the song. That's what that means. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Adam chose love to his wife, fell into sin. The fallen nature of man begins because of love. That's beautiful. It's an amazing story. And we were saved and resurrected by what? Help me. Love. For God so loved the world that he, his only begotten son, and that whosoever believeth in him. (gasps) Wait a minute. It's like this bride thing. Christ and the church. We are now his bride. We see the reversed engineering. We see Eve falling into sin. Adam choosing to live with her. Adam choosing to take of, to, to be bitten by the pill of sin and death. And take that within himself. And he says, now I am corrupt. Now I have to understand what it is to sin. Now I have to cover myself because I know I am naked. I don't see things correctly anymore, but I did it because I love that woman. But he knew in his hardest of hearts that God would make a way. That God truly loved him. Why did he know that? Last week's message. Because he was created in the image of God. Is it starting to make sense? Is this new for some of you? Quick question. Is this new? Is this a new perspective? Yes or no? New? Okay, cool. Awesome. How does this work? How did Satan fall? Two quick texts that I want to read to you. Eyes through 17. I don't think many of you know 
uh, here's, here's the problem. A lot of Christians, it's like, uh, yeah, this, the devil was an angel. <laughs> and people look at you like, huh? <laughs> really? <laughs> and, and there's no substance behind it. You really should mark these scriptures down in your Bible so that you can say, here, let me show you. Isaiah 14, verse 12. Here it is. Ready? How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Uh, interesting research here. Search Jay-Z. Lucifer, son of the morning. It's a song. La, 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 Lucifer, son of the morning. I'm going to chase you out of earth. Right? Anybody heard that one? Jay-Z? You don't think this stuff exists? Just turn on your radio. People, people are singing about it all over the place. They know it exists. I don't know if he signed a contract with the devil. I don't know. He's doing all right. He married Beyonce, right? It's okay. No. The point is, is just trying to loosen you up, that's all. It's real. This stuff's real. I connected with every under 18-year-old right then and there. It's a song. Where did Jay-Z get his song from? Huh? Right there. Right there in the text. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? I just made all that up. I I hope it's true. I don't know. Fact check me. (laughs) O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut down from the ground? Which didst weaken the nations? Check this out. This is the part I underlined. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will. We're going to talk about Satan and a sin nature today. And the point is this. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will. The connection, the why is we believe that Satan is the author of sin and that man has fallen into sin. But how do we connect with that? How does that play out in our everyday lives? Through your heart. Church, I'm teaching you something. Sin plays out in your life through your what? Turn to your neighbor and say, my heart. Turn to your neighbor and go like this. My heart beats for you. (laughs) It's in your heart. What's the connection? Watch. For thou hast said in thine heart, Isaiah 14, i got to ramp this up. I will exalt my throne above the stars. This is Satan telling how he felt in his what? In his heart. I will exalt. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of the prisoners? The devil is the author of sin. Why? Because he chose in his heart. Listen, church, stay with me. He chose in his heart to be exalted above God, his maker. Ephesians 2. What's the connection? Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. This is your connection with that sin nature, with what happened in his heart. Satan fell from heaven. And and, and deceived, actively deceived Eve so that she would fall into sin, so that she would be affected, so that Adam would carry this same sin nature in his heart. And Ephesians, Paul speaks about it, 2 verses 1 through 7. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. I underlined that. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead. We have the same fault of pride in our hearts. That's our connection to the devil. Wherein in times past... Ye walked according to the course of this world. Satan, 
Where have thou fallen? He fell from heaven, wreaking havoc on the earth. We see in Scripture. And what does that mean? For man, Paul says that when we were born, we were born into sin. We were born, watch, dead. That deadness is not something that is an end deadness. It is a deadness now in sin. It is a blinding now. Look at Ephesians. Who were dead in trespasses and sin? Chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. Watch this. According to the prince of the power of the air. Satan. And the spirit that now worketh in the children of, of disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. In the lusts of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature. Watch that. By nature. Romans 5.12. The children of wrath even as others. Watch this. Son, this is where I get excited. This is where I do my happy dance. This is where I take laps around the auditorium. But God. Those two words transformed us. Those two words wrap up redemption's history. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In that while we were yet children of wrath, in that while we were yet blind, in that while we were in our hearts darkened by sin, but God. Look at but God here in Ephesians. Who is rich in mercy for his great, what is it? Love. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. That's it. Through His great love. Watch. Wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By, what is it? Grace. By grace ye are saved. Grace is the solution. Grace is the vaccine. Grace is the anecdote. Grace is that needle in the arm that cures us from the inside out. But God, (coughs) excuse me, the cold is lingering, and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His, what? Grace in His kingdoms toward us through Christ Jesus. Listen to this statement, church. The garden was perfect in original intent. We talked about that last week. The garden was perfect in its original intent. But Satan tricked Eve into believing in herself instead of the Creator. If the devil believed in his heart and could cause man to divert and believe in his heart, then he knew we wouldn't believe in God. Romans 5.12, I've quoted it at least ten times already in this message. The point is, is we're born now into sin. Here's my... Here's my declaration about the connection with us and the devil in our sin nature. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Here's my little equal sign. Deadness equals pride within our hearts. If I were to just wrap up our entire sin nature into one statement, deadness equals pride in your heart. End of story. How does this connection play out in my day-to-day life? How does Ephesians 2, 1 through 7, where it talks about we were dead in our trespasses and sin, we were twofold the children of wrath, how does that play out in our lives? It plays out in your heart. It plays out in corruption and deadness within your heart. Character is who you are when no one is around, right? That's what truly matters. And I think what we're finding is a resurgence, and social media has a lot to do with it. But we're finding out that when people... Or, just plainly, that people aren't who they said they were. 
But that's way after the fact. When we talk about our sin nature and when we talk about the devil, here's where we should be talking about it on the inside. The same thing as it pertains to Christianity. What's my goal, Ben, with with our church? I want to set the culture that it's about the inside. It's about your relationship. Simply, Jesus plays out on your heart. Why? Because that's where we're fighting the front with the devil. We have made a huge mistake in our culture and in our religious circles to make the fight against sin and the devil on the outside. What a mistake. He's got you. Done. Dead in the water. Why? Because you've made the fight about, how do you look? I've got to be there. The pastor will know I'm not doing okay. We're professionals. We're professional sinners. Professional hypocrites. And I'm just saying, hey, just be real. Hey, you can't be here? That's great. Let me ask you a few questions. How's your soul? Doing okay? That's okay. I'm, I'm, listen, church, I'm good if you need to miss a couple weeks. It's all good. Why are you missing? Let me just ask a few questions. Why? Because I'm not talking about the outside. We're talking about the what? The inside. Are you good? Great. Okay, just checking. We've made a huge mistake in fighting our sin nature and fighting the devil by making it about the outside. Because Jeremiah says, what's, what's desperately wicked that we cannot even know? The heart. That's the challenge today. That's the connection. The how that is at work in our lives is felt and seen in our fallen work through the father of lies. Let me draw your attention to a man by the name of Job. How, how many of you know who, who Job is? Come on, help me out. How many of you know? A lot of you know who Job is, right? Job was one that feared God and what? A shoe with evil. Here's your homework for the week. Go read Job chapter 1 and, and, chapter one and chapter 2. I don't have time to really read it. I'm just going to paraphrase as we just march quickly through this. I think I lied. I, wanna read, I just want to read the first part. This makes it real. This, this brings our fight, uh, I mean, to the next level. Job chapter 1, verse 1, I'll read it to you quickly. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and escheweth evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His, sus- his substance was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their heart. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Listen, church. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down. The Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered, ooh, Hast thou considered thy servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered and said, Doth Job fear God for naught or for nothing? What does Satan mean by that? Verse 10, Hast thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. 
Put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to his face, to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And there was a day when the sons of his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. Listen to this, church. You think you had a bad day? You think you had a bad week? You think you've struggled over the last year? What, do I, what have I gotten out of this scripture so far? Job is rich. Have you got that? He had a ton of stuff. He was rich. Watch this. Not just was he rich, he loved God. He, he made sacrifices. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He had a ton of kids. And watch this. So you had a bad day? <laughs> Take him on down. Right here. Verse 14. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them, took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of a sword. And only I alone am escaped here to tell thee. Verse 16, while I was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and hath burned up all the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And only I am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17, while I was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away. Yea, and slain all the servants by the edge of the sword. And only I am alone to escape and tell thee what's going on. While I was yet speaking, there came another and says, Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And only I am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell upon the ground, check this out, and worshipped. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job, what does it say? Sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Hey, church, I don't need to give a greater story than that one right there. How about one day, every penny that you have is gone? That's what that means. And then as soon as that sinks in, where you just felt like, I just lost everything I owned. But you know what? I still have my family. I still have my kids. And then all your kids are dead. How would you cope with that? How many of you would have fell to your knees and worshipped God? Are we there, Chris? I don't know that I'm there. Church, he lost it all. Here's the only thing I can think of, only thing I can reconcile, is that he really understood the way things worked. Job really had a why. If Job, if Job could say through that whole entire thing and not sin, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return, he had the perfect perspective on every one of his things that God gave him. And it was the fact that God gave it to him. And that God clearly has the right to what? Take it. We have become so attached in our culture. Watch. We have become so attached in our culture to the things and the blessings that God has given us, we have forgotten who we are. 
And that's sinners saved by grace. All God did was say, the devil says, of course Job's doing great. You're blessing everything that he's doing. He touches it and it turns to gold, Midas. Do you understand? And, and Satan goes, I've been walking to and fro. You have to think about that, church. He sees us. He sees what we have. Every little thing. And he goes, take your hand of blessing off of him and let's see what happens. The point is, is we're so hung up about the story of Job that God allowed all of those awful things to happen. God allowed, I I would believe in God if there was no bad in this world. I would believe in God if death didn't exist. I would believe in God if, fill in the blank, church, fill in the blank. There is no greater blank than his story. He lost everything in one stinking conversation. And here comes another. Talk about the bearer of bad news. We just lost the camels. Here comes another. We just lost the sheep. Here comes another. We just lost all the servants. Oh my goodness gracious. Here comes another. All your kids are dead, by the way. I'll be right over here having a drink of water. (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? Like when you think about the amazing things that he lost. Church. He had an understanding of his why. He knew the mechanics. He knew that all of a sudden, God, who is rich in mercy and grace, made this decision. And that God was in full, complete control. I can only pray and hope that in my life, if I ever have those experiences, and I'm sure I will, every one of us will, because it's life, that I will be anchored to my why. What is that? I'm fallen. What does that mean? It means I don't deserve anything good. Church, you have to let that sink in. I'm not here to tell you a a flowery story today. You're you're getting doctrine on Father's Day. God bless you. But I did give you a free cup of coffee, gift card. (laughs) So that gives me a license to rip. No. Uh, What's the point? The point here is Job understood that naked came I. He was a fallen man that had sin. We lose perspective quickly, don't we? Satan says to God, I know how this works. I'll hit him in the heart. I will break his heart and he will not be able to stand. Who won in the end? God did. Job did not sin in all of this. Verse 22, he did not sin. 1 John 4, 4 says, Ye are God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Church, you can win this. You can win this fight. You can win the tragedy of your sin causing you to fall from the very beginning. Romans 5, 14 through 21. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who, follow me, is the figure of him that was to come, but not for the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one... Many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many, Romans says. And not as it was by that, uh, not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more. 
They which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even as by righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so as the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Who is the obedience of one? Jesus Christ. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Don't have time to unpack that. But where sin abounded, listen church, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's here's my question for you today. What is your plan for the problem? What is your plan for the problem? Somebody tell me what the problem is. Hmm? Not in Jesus, but what's the problem, huh? Sin. Sin is the problem. What's your plan for that problem, church? Did it look like Job had a plan? Help me. Did it look like Job had a plan? Huh? I think it does. All of those things happened, and what did he do? On his knees. I'm going to worship the king of kings. If that would have happened, (laughs) my pants are shagging a little bit. If that would have happened to me, you probably wouldn't see me for like three months. You'd have to find me. I would hope that find my iPhone was on so that you guys could be like, Pastor Matt just lost literally everything he has. I mean, on Father's Day, think about that, losing your children, you know, looking up the iPhone and finding where I am. Oh, he's in some cave somewhere. He's out and I won't have shaved for months. For sure no on the shower. I mean, I'd, I'd be a hot mess in my mind, right? But you know what? Only by the grace of God I could say it wouldn't be that way because I have perspective today. Romans tells us that the law of sin reigns in our lives. For all of you that have not ever had an answer to those questions, that's the answer. Why do bad things happen to good people? We're not good. That's the answer. That's what the world has trouble accepting, right? You are not a good person. Why? Because the law of sin is reigning in your life. And until that law of sin has met with the law of justification, being justified by grace, we're under that condemnation. Job had obviously found himself in the place that he could accept what God had done. Why? Because he had accepted God's grace and God's mercy. These are weighty matters. These are weighty matters. I I don't anticipate this being a a one-time thing where I just give this message in this lecture and you guys are like, yeah, I get it all. Okay, the law of sin and, and the devil fell and, 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 and now he fell and there's sin in your heart and then you accept. This is a lot. There's a lot packed into this. But listen, it's what sets you free. It's what answers the problem of sin. A few statements and then we'll go. Satan attacks our souls, Satan attacks our motives, and Satan attacks our bodies. You looking for the why today? Real quick, church, as we finish up. 
Why did this happen? If I passed out a sheet of paper to all of you and I said, write down the last three big things that happened in your life that were negative and pass it in, and I were to read those last three things. Man, so-and-so lost this. So-and-so lost their job. Can we give that problem a face today? Can we give that problem a face? Who would the face be? Huh? Satan. Because God, in his original intent, created us to what? Bless us. Did we get that point last week? If you haven't listened to the message, go back and listen to it. God, in his original intent, wanted to bless you. So when we have a problem, when we have an issue, everything was going right for Job, but Job realized that there was an evil in this world. Why, does, why do we know that Job knew that? Because the Bible says that Job escheweth or shunned or stayed away from what? Evil. Church. I need you to engage right here. Engage with me. Right right here. Think. Job knew that those things came from the devil. All good things come from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness. I'm making a declaration today that all the bad, horrible lies that happen in your life happen from the devil. So when bad things happen in your life, why do we blame God when Scripture tells us that it came from the devil? When you call me tomorrow, this week we had a, a death in our, in our church family. Not our immediate church family, but one of our families. This horrible thing happened. What was my first statement? The devil is working in this situation. Church, can we not identify our problems as the father of all lies? Do you think that's a cop-out? Is that why you don't do it? I'm trying to help you here. Do you think that's a, a cop-out to say, oh, it was the devil? It's not a cop-out. He is the father and the creator of all things lies. Lies, 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 and more lies. And he'll lie to you and tell you that God is not just. And that God did this horrible thing in your life. And that God, you have to turn and say, Satan, you attacked Job in his soul. You attacked Job in his motives through his wife. And you attacked Job's body. Church, we have to know who our enemy is. Point number five of the Bethlehem Creed. Right? Just trying to help you this morning. Give your problems the face that the problems should be on. Sin brings this death every day. Not only is, is he our enemy, but he is active in trying to ruin your life through your sin nature. Which is where? The problem is in your what? Church. The problem is in your heart. Don't say nobody taught you. Don't say nobody didn't break it down for you. Listen, church. You have to let these things sink in. Troubles come your way. And typically the pastor is the first one to get the phone call, right? I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to prep you. The older and wiser have had many problems, many things come their way. They've seen it. They're seasoned in these issues. You know what? By now, they know who their enemies are. What about you, kiddos? What about you, the younger crowd? Who are you going to blame when those things happen? You have an active enemy, and he will use your sin nature against you. But let me tell you, 
Grace fixes it all. It fixes the problem, and it fixed the law of sin and of death. Love from the second Adam, Jesus, gives us a second chance. He redeemed all who will believe, all who will trust, and all who will encounter him to see him. Grace is the vaccine that we must inject into our hearts and combat the human nature that the devil will use to gain an advantage against us. That's a tweetable quote. Satan is our enemy. Sin is our problem. And Jesus is our answer.